Well, good morning. We'd like to welcome you to Wheat Among the Tares, our weekly program here, a podcast and a live program here on Gethsemane Global Radio. And I appreciate you joining us here this morning. It is a pleasure to have you aboard. We're going to go right to our special guest this morning. And in in light of our special guest, uh, I want to just bring out a few notes about the nation of India And uh, I want to, uh, well, I'll go ahead and introduce our guest, and then I want to bring out a few notes about some things concerning India and what politically and persecution-wise is going on. Brother Adrian Hendricks, pastor of Heritage Baptist Church in Bangalore, India, I want to welcome you this morning to Wheat Among the Tares, my brother. Well, I'm excited and so blessed to be part of today's program. And thank you, uh, Brother Blake, for doing this, because you really uh, bring out something that we overlook that's happening in the world. And it it just not only informs us, but it transforms us to even spend time and pray for our brethren around the world. Thank you for doing this. Amen. Um, Brother Adrian, first of all, I wanted to bring to the attention of many of our listeners and some may not even know about what is going on in the world uh, with regard to... We know what's going on here in America because we get the media all the time uh, with regard to what is going on here. Um, but what's going on in other countries, Pastor, is oftentimes overlooked. And uh, and that's, as you just mentioned, that's the purpose of Weed Among the Tares to bring these things to our attention to better understand uh, what is going on, number one, and number two, how to pray for those that are in these various countries around the world and things that they are going through. Well, Adrian, I wanted to mention a couple of things, and these are from stories, a couple of stories that I've been uh, privy to over the last uh, couple of days here. And uh, one of the first that I looked at, and and I wanted to bring this to everybody's attention, was uh, this past Thursday, just prior to um, resurrection, uh, our resurrection celebration on Sunday, um, a congregation of approximately 100 Christians celebrating what we call Monday Thursday, or it's the Thursday of our Lord's crucifixion. Uh, they were actually threatened by a radical Hindu mob who surrounded the church and then subsequently locked the doors. And uh, it was a large Hindu mob that complained to the, and I'll use this word, Pastor, a sympathetic police force that the church was working to convert Hindus to the Christian faith. Now, out of that approximately 100 people, uh, at the time of this story, 36 of those that were uh, arrested and taken away, 36 remained in jail on the forced conversion charges while the wider Christian community worked to raise their bail. Now, 
Pastor, we've talked about this before, and it seems as though the um, what is going on with regard to the uh, the increase in the persecution regarding this anti-conversion law, it seems to have ramped up. Uh, is that what you are seeing right now? Well, it is one of the incidences that you highlighted, and there are so many that goes unnoticed and not talked about by even the mainstream media. Because honestly, uh, I think all over the world, we are faced with fake news and they are dwelling on on lies and things that is really irrelevant. But the truth about, <clears throat> about people being persecuted and freedoms being taken away is almost become a norm to hide from one another. So thank you for highlighting this. But as I said, this is one among the many that's happening. And uh, you are right, the conversion law has been a, a very um, challenging law that has been put out. And I say challenging because it hasn't been clearly defined uh, what is meant by that law. As a result, anyone preaching the gospel, anyone giving tracts can fall under that category, which makes it almost um, impossible for us to propagate our faith yes. because the Great Commission is going into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, I say that in no way to say that we are forcing people to believe because Christianity doesn't teach us to force people. Amen. In fact, we share the truth because of what it has done to us and with the hope of what it will do for others. It's with love in our hearts that we reach out to people, not to make them like us because we want them to be one among us, but that they might have what we enjoy and uh, much more. So it's a love that reaches out. And if people can realize that we care, and that's why, that's why we share, and not to make numbers, but to really give them what they are missing, I think that is being lost in all of this. And they are looking at it like every act of propagating our faith is looked at as an act of conversion. Now, the issue really lies because the common man has taken the law into his hands. And as you rightly said, the police tend to be spectators. They either arrive late or they just stand helplessly watching the mob carry out the law and order. What a pathetic situation we've come to. Yes, it it's is. almost become that the common man feels he has the right to go and beat up people, to go and lock down churches, all because he presumes there is a forced conversion taking place. It's presumption, brother. It really is. Pastor, um, and I do know this that uh, with another story I have here, but uh, that whole mindset of the quote forced conversions that is uh, that is the Muslim theology, if you would, to force people into that that same realm of thinking that um, it, you know we'll force Christians away or force them to become Muslim, and uh, and that whole uh, mindset pervades. Uh, not only the Muslim world, the Hindu world, uh, the Buddhist world. 
that is exactly what occurs with regard to the religions of this world. They want it to be a force. They think that Christians are forcing it, and really it is just the opposite. They are the ones that are forcing the issue for sure. Um, There is a a caveat to one of the uh, stories that I've got here, and I I, I looked up, uh, there's a site called Open Doors, and what this site does is they rate countries, Pastor, based on the the level and incidence of persecution against Christians. And right now, India ranks number 10 in the world as far as its persecution of, of the Christian faith. And, um, and its principal uh, force, if you would, the driving force behind this, this persecution is an ideology uh, that is called Hindu Hindutva. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, it's an ideology that disregards Indian Christians and other religious minorities as true Indians because they have allegiances that lie outside India and asserts the country should be, quote, purified of their presence. Uh, and they have used COVID as a means by which they can... As a, as a tool of leverage to come in and try to rid uh, the country of, of this, quote, Christian situation because they're blaming Christians for what uh, the COVID thing and other things that are occurring. Um, brother, nothing could be further from the truth. You're absolutely right on that, sir, because, you know, Hindutva is an ideology. It's a way of life, and you pronounced that correctly. Thank you. That sounded good from your mouth. Now, that was a guess, brother, but it, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> you did well. Well, Hindutva, again, is not a religion. It's, it's a way of life, and uh, they believe that India is Hindu. And uh, I understand there are nations that claim a religion for themselves, and, and that's their choice. But... Uh, I'm 50, I'll be 50 this year, 50 years old, and I can tell you the change that our country has taken from coexistence to what it's becoming now, uh, where, you know, if you don't speak my language, if you don't have my faith, then you got to leave this country. Uh, you got to go to a country that uh, has a religion for you. Now, I have seen the U.S. I have traveled uh, to your country, and I've seen the way y'all allow uh, Hindu temples even to exist, the way y'all allow mosques. Um, I have walked into places where, you know, Hindus have their, um, their uh, stores and the, the Hindu music is played. And uh, that's the freedom that all of you enjoy. For me, it is when, uh, you know, we, we admire America for all of that. Why can't we even embrace that reality and allow coexistence here. Now, I think the fear factor has been that many who put their faith in Jesus Christ, their lives are changed. And that's an obvious change. It's a change that affects the way they live. That's right. They no longer want to live in, an, in their old life, if I may so refer to that. That's right. And they want to live in a life of expressing the love of Jesus and caring for people. And, and it's a changed life. Now, that life... As good as it is, 
is not good enough for those who think they have lost their flock. And I think that is where they're coming hard on, uh, you know, you can listen to that faith, but don't let it change your life. Because when it changes your life, then you are going to leave the faith you were born in to the faith you choose to believe in. And I, I mean, we are a minority, uh, but it's the majority that is fearing and uh, having these laws and other things brought about. Now, Brother Blake, we must face the fact that there have been a misuse of freedom. Uh, there have been, I don't want to mention the names of religions, but people have forcefully uh, taken others from other faith uh, and got them into their faith just to make numbers, just to show people abroad. And so there have been these violations. But these exceptions are not the norm. And just because someone's misusing something, you don't paint everyone with the same brush. So um, I want to acknowledge that there are people who have forcefully converted, but these are those who should, the law and Lord should take its course on their lives. But innocent people who never ever do such things. And I would raise my hand up and tell you that we do not force anyone to believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. But we do not shy away from sharing our faith because we believe that's what the Lord commanded us to do. Amen. But I'm often being threatened, either on the streets. Even where we are located, I often have people who walk by, and if they see our congregation just come out of the church and just fellowship for a few minutes on the road, I have people telling me, don't you know I can call the cops and I can... I can shut this down because you should not be having church in a residential place. Now, these are the new unwritten laws that have been implemented since COVID. Because COVID brought all the churches and temples and mosques to be shut down. And we went online and we were able to do what we did like we would do it from the church. And we never ceased to preach and teach and exhort and encourage people. But now since COVID has reduced, we have all come back to our churches. But the neighborhood has a hostile feeling towards the church. And they're saying, you're disturbing us. We have never disturbed them. We've always existed with them. But now they feel using COVID, they are using that as a reason that we should not be in residential areas. And in fact, the government has stepped in and said, well, if you're not a registered church, then you have no right to function as a church in a residential area. You need to get your own property, go out and do your church. So we can't have house churches anymore. We can't be in the neighborhood anymore. But temples exist. Mosques exist. And so I feel this this whole COVID has reset people's thinking in favor of implementing their agenda and ideology. Brother, it has forced um, not only there in India, but it's also forced a lot of people around the world in their various uh, cultural situations to take a look at this. And it's and and honestly, uh, it has not. Uh, COVID overall was, was, a, was a horrible thing uh, from the standpoint, yes, it did take lives, but the political aspects of things has really done 
uh, its job, if I could use that, as far as forcing things specifically Christians into a corner so that people are almost afraid to witness anymore. They're afraid to do anything like that, as you as you so aptly described. Um, the other thing that is that I've seen in these stories is uh, not just the COVID situation, but also, uh, Pastor, uh, the use of social media. And uh, these Hindu mobs, and I'm reading the story here, so it's not like anything like I'm making it up. I'm just reading the story here that's put out for the public to read. So I'm not picking on them necessarily, but it says when an extremist Hindu mob attacks Christians, one of the first things they'll do is they'll take away the victim's phones to stop them from recording the incident. And the group, the Hindu group, will record the violence and add it to a social media to promote their extremist agenda. So they're taking away the one and then promoting their own and trying to make, quote, Christians uh, look bad. You know what, Pastor? Since the cross... Christians have been persecuted, and the Lord himself said that the godly, those that live godly in Christ Jesus through the Apostle Paul, he said this, they will suffer persecution. We're gonna, the world is going to look at Christians and saying they're, they're bad, they're of no use. You know, what, what do we long suffer them for? But God has us here for a purpose. And you very well stated that the gospel is the reason that we're here to proclaim. and um, But the social media thing, now, brother, you mentioned a while ago about the, uh, the Zoom meetings and things you've done. There have been some very positive things with regard to social media, and that you utilized them, correct? You're right. Yes, sir. And uh, I, I like the way you put that, that, you know, the victims... Uh, phones are removed so that they don't present the truth as it is. And uh, the perpetrators, they upload a lot of the videos. One of the reasons they do that is to put fear in those who may watch those videos because they just want to tell you, you could be next. Correct. We're coming after you. Yeah. And uh, it's all about the, the fear factor right now. And uh, uh, I, I feel personally, and again, going back to the cross, going back to Christ, suffering for our sins, and then crying out from their Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And um, I don't hold this against any Indian leader or politician, because I just believe they know not what they do. Uh, they, they've been just blinded to what they think is right, and I ask the Lord to forgive them and open their eyes so that they may see the truth. We love them with the love of Jesus Christ, and we will continue to love them and share with them the truth that has changed our lives. But the fact is that they just want, uh, they allow hate speeches to continue today. You will hear it on social media, you will hear it uh, from the political stage. And the men who should really talk, they are silent at this time. Wow. You know, I, I do respect our leaders. And I believe, as the Bible says, we need to pray for them. That's right. And we need to submit to their authority. Amen. And I pray that they would stand up and call out these hate speeches and, speeches and tell them that's not the way we want to take our country. Because if they don't, that's gaining more moment, momentum. 
and it's turning our country into a, a place where everyone's going to hate each other. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be a long time before we're going to see such disunity that people will not stand anymore shoulder to shoulder. Pastor, I know that that is, um, um, it, 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 it causes an angst in you, in you concerning that. And, I, and if I were there, uh, I could certainly understand the uh, the the fear that that brings, um, and for me to and and Paul quoted, uh, Paul's quoted in Second uh, Corinthians, uh, excuse me, Second Timothy, chapter one and verse seven. He says, "For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." And brother, when you and uh, Emma and and the brethren there, you're facing these um, these callouts, these uh, threats, etc. <clears throat> Those may happen, and they probably will happen again. But you can rest assured that our Father knows exactly the situation you are in, and that His arms are around you to protect you, and He will guide you. Uh, he's our guide even unto death, the Scripture says. And, uh, and I trust that the Lord will give you strength uh, for these days ahead. And those, for those that are listening, and by the way, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Pastor Adrian Hendricks. Adrian is the pastor of, uh, of Heritage Baptist Church in Bangalore, India. And uh, we have been talking uh, about just the pol- political climate and what is going on in India right now as far as persecution against the Christians there. Uh, Pastor, I want to shift gears here a little bit uh, just for the remaining uh, minutes that we have with our broadcast here. And I want to go into um, some very positive things concerning the work of the Lord there at Heritage Baptist. And, uh, and I've got your most recent letter, March 22nd of uh, 2022, this most recent letter. And um, you conveyed to those of us who received these letters um, some things that have been going on with regard to the work there at Heritage Baptist. And, um, and, I, and I wrote... Um, and, and, and as I read, rather not wrote, but as I read your opening comments, and you said this, as I typed this letter from India, the words of this songwriter ring in my ears. Every joy or, every joy or trial cometh from above, traced upon our dial by the Son of Love. We may trust him wholly, all for us to do. They that trust him wholly find him wholly true. And how true those words ring, not only in your present situation with the outside, but also, Pastor, with the inside and some of the things that have been going on with your church. Tell us some good things about what's going on at the Heritage Baptist that our brethren may know how to pray for you. Well, I, I'm so thankful that this is the Lord's church. And he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Sometimes we know these truths as just a a, a theoretical truth. But when you face with situations where the enemy comes in like a flood and he starts to, you know, 
tear the flock and, and destroy the work. And often when the pastor is absent or when he's on another errand, uh, like the way Moses was up in the mountain with the Lord and uh, the chaos that was there among the people, I experienced something similar last year at my church. And uh, the Lord just reminded me it was his church. He was going to take that church through the storm. Uh, and I had to so much cry out to the Lord and depend on him uh, to do his work as only he can. Amen. And uh, it, it has been a very trying time, but I, uh, but I would say it's been a very purifying time. You know, we so often want health, but health may not come without a surgery. Health may not come without God having to purge out or take out those things that are defiling the health of the body. That's right. And I believe even a church goes through those phases where there is a purging, there is a surgery that is needed. And I do believe that God has been doing that at our church, removing the dross, removing what should not be there. And I say this with much pain in my heart, because we want to build, we don't want to break down. Amen. We want to establish, we don't want to destroy. But, you know, God's ways are not our ways. And so I've I just seen life blooming at our church. We've had so many new uh, people join our church. We've had a few baptisms uh, just uh, a few couple of Sundays ago. Uh, we've had a good vacation Bible school. Uh, after two years, we were able to gather again. And I'm just not talking about numbers, but just the move of God, yes. uh, sensing his presence and seeing him change and transform lives. Uh, we've been able to reach out to our community, uh, help those who have suffered because of COVID by, by losing their jobs or losing their health. Uh, we've been able to reach out and help our community, irrespective of whether they have faith in Christ or not. We've just gone out of our way to show the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I think all of this is done because there's something God is doing within us. Amen. So thank you for your prayers. And those who are hearing this, if you are one of our supporters, we can't tell you how grateful we are to God for your prayers and your support for us. And thank you, Brother Blake. Pastor, I know that um, you have some uh, needs there, and uh, as our custom is here, <clears throat> and by the way, Pastor Williamson is not with us today. He is um, recent loss of his father. So uh, those that are listening, uh, this uh, podcast and uh, on Wednesday morning and later, uh, I certainly ask that you would uh, pray for Pastor Williamson and his family in the loss of his father. But as our custom is, uh, Pastor Hendricks, that we always uh, pray for those that uh, we interview and, uh, and have a time of prayer with them. So, Pastor, I'm going to pray and ask God concerning the ministry there that God would give you much strength. Now, Father, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity we have had this day to speak to Pastor Hendricks. Uh, Lord, to hear what is going on in India, the, the trials that he faces, not only from uh, outside, but also, Lord, the things that he has had to suffer through from inside. And I certainly thank you for the absolute grace and strength you have given to him, uh, Lord, to his dear wife, Emma, and to his sons and to the brethren there. I thank you so much for your grace and mercy to them. And my father, I know you know the needs of, of this 
particular ministry, how you've raised it up, Lord, what you have done and and changing many lives through the preaching of the gospel of your word there. And I pray you might continue to do so. Lord, open effectual doors, we pray. God, give them uh, souls for their labor. And Lord, may again, the physical strength that Pastor Hendricks and his wife and the brethren there need, Lord, give them physical strength, spiritual strength, and may your good hand of protection be upon them. Thank you so much again for the ministry there. May it be used to bring Lord Jesus honor and glory to your name. And for these things, we will thank you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Brother, Thank you, Brother Blake. Brother Adrian Hendricks, Pastor, Heritage Baptist Church in Bangalore, India. It has been our pleasure, sir, to have you aboard. And we trust that, again, that you would be blessed with the Lord. Thank you for joining us today for Wheat Among the Tares. May the Lord bless you and join us next time.